Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, I have incredible news for you. Our partners at Bet Online are making it happen. They continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online, it's your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to get started and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Make a splash this May with a new spa from MyHotTub.com. Inventory available now, so choose from over 50 spas. These prices are slashed to move fast. MyHotTub.com, located in Destiny, USA. Hurry, these spas won't last. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Bet Online and sponsored in part by Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, Ken's Auto Detailing, Welch and Company Jewelers, and our terrific friends over at Camilla's Golf Club. Go play Camilla's today if you're in and around the great state of New York. 18 holes of championship golf. I was there last week and it looks amazing. The greens are playing great, the course is playing incredible. Awesome views, awesome food and drink before, during, and after your round as well at Camillus Golf Club, the official golf course of the ML Sports Platter. And a tip of the cap thank you as well to the Swan and Whitaker families, as well as Brewerton Ace Hardware and Stanley Law Offices, stanleylawoffices.com. Stanley Law Offices, together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. Stanley Law Offices is a proud title sponsor of the ML Sports Platter. Well, history was made the ultimate Cinderella at the Kentucky Derby. And let's uh, kind of get into what it means for the sport. A rich strike at 80 to one odds. Um, I mean, this is miracle on ice type of stuff. This is Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson type of a thing. This is a, you know, this would be St. Peter's winning the national championship in college basketball. Who better to talk to than our good buddy, Bob Ehalt, the senior writer for Blood Horse. And you can get his work at bloodhorse.com and on Twitter at Bob Ehalt. He's been at this thing for a long time covering the great sport of horse racing. Bobby, welcome, buddy. How are you? I've been doing fine, Mike. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Well, what a Kentucky Derby. What a Cinderella-type story. Rich Strike wins it 80-1 to odds. Wasn't in the field till Friday because of a scratch uh, in the regular 20-horse uh, field and, eh, you know, just goes and wins a Kentucky Derby. I mean, how do you explain this? Bob, how, how do you explain something like this? This is this is miracle on ice, Buster Douglas over Mike Tyson stuff, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'll be honest. I was listening to the uh, telecast of the race, and I think uh, Larry Colmas said as he was entering the gate, 
Uh, they said he was 79 to one. And I said, somebody was watching the race with me. I said, I'd book that bet. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of glad I'm not a, I'm glad I'm not a bookie. That's for sure. Uh, I think you could still look at it after and say, boy, our form, how did this happen? It, it didn't, it really didn't make sense. But when you watch how the race unfolded, the pace was suicidal. Mm -hmm. It set things up. And, and he had a perfect trip and a, and a great ride by his jockey, Sonny Leon. Gave him a great ride. He made one move in the stretch, kind of splitting horses perfectly. Uh, he avoided trouble when one, of the, uh, when one of the horses was tiring and backing up in front of him. Uh, everything worked out perfectly, and he got through. So, I mean, when you look at how the race unfolded, you understand but you're kind of wondering how this horse, who basically had been running on a synthetic surface, which really is totally different from dirt, and really had only won one race on dirt, wins this race against what we thought was a pretty good field. Uh, I I'm still, uh, I'm still uh, in shock over it, I gotta say. No doubt. What do you think this does for the sport of horse racing? Does it, does it pull more eyes to it? Uh, does it force people to train differently? Does it force people to take more chances, you know, on horses that uh, I guess aren't wanted in some cases for thoroughbred racing? Like, what does this do immediately for the sport? Well, you know, I think there's going to be an initial surge of interest because this is the kind of story a lot of people can embrace. It's the underdog. It's someone, you know, the little guys in the sport. It wasn't, uh, you know... It wasn't one of the household names in the sport, some of the rich billionaire owners, things like that. Uh, you know, there was a feel-good element to it. It was a jockey that had never been in the Kentucky Derby before, and uh, I think if you talk to the turf riders, all of the turf riders who cover the Kentucky Derby, uh, maybe a hundred of them or so, maybe two or three had ever spoken to Sonny Leone before. Um you know, it's the kind of story you can embrace. Now, how long that goes is going to be the question. I mean, can he repeat this in the Preakness? I don't know. I think it's going to be difficult, uh, especially if Epicenter does come back and run in the Preakness. I think he'll be tough to beat in that in that race. If his, if his connections think he's fine off the Derby, I think with a much better pace, he's going to be tougher to catch. Uh, and, and I think that will determine it. And uh, I just think it's good to have these kind of stories because, you know, look, racing has had uh, has had its share of uh, tough moments in the last year uh, since, uh, you know, getting through the Medina spirit uh, situation and so many other problems that the sport faces. So it was kind of good to have a, a story people could embrace and feel good about. And, you know, whether that helps down the road, we'll see. Uh, certainly if this horse keeps winning, becomes like a California chrome type horse. Uh, yeah, he could probably build a lot of uh, fans for the sport. Okay, so this this race is happening down the stretch, right? And you've got Epicenter and Zanon going head-to-head, -head, the two best horses. And I'm watching Rich Strike just beat them, and I'm going, wow, that looked a lot like Keen Ice. Well, isn't that amazing to think about, considering that that's where you know Rich Strike came from, Keen Ice, and you were there in 2015. That was, I believe, where I met you at the Traverse Stakes in Saratoga. Pharaoh, yep. American Pharaoh, wins the Triple Crown, then goes to the Travers. Graveyard of Champions loses, bumps, uh, I think, Frosted, right? A little bit here and there, and then, boom, Keen Ice runs past. Fast forward seven years, voila. 
right? Isn't this amazing? Isn't the sport is incredible? The, the 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 linking of of these two with Rich Strike and Keen Ice, it's amazing. Yeah, it, it really is. When you look at who this, I mean, those probably right now you would say those in the last uh, let's go back ten years, those are probably amongst the top five upsets in the sport and, and could be uh, number one and number two. Uh, you know. Uh, without question, and yeah, that that's kind of how the uh, how the how it goes. And certainly, you could even take into account uh, the the people who own Keen Ice, the Donegal Racing. They had Mo, they had Mo Donegal in this race. Yeah. Mo Donegal had the antithesis of uh, uh, Rich Strike by he had one of the worst trips, and he wound up, I believe, finishing fifth. So. Uh, you know, it, it does kind of show how uh, the racing uh, gods, you just never know how they're going to play out for you. No doubt about it. When when did you get the feeling that Rich Strike was going to was gonna kind of get up there and have a real shot? Was it was it really, really late? I mean, like last second type of a stuff? I mean, type of a thing. I know people who cover the game like you so intently, uh, there's a moment where you kind of see a horse coming up at a moment uh, that, that, that strikes you, right? So like wh- when was that for you? Uh, when he basically crossed the finish line and I could see who he was. Okay. I mean, I, I, you know, at the top of the stretch, it really looked like it was going to be a battle to the wire between Epicenter and Zandon. The Derby is generally not a race that you win in the final 10 yards or so. You know, it's generally decided uh, big moves on the turn. You get to the lead in the stretch. And, you know, basically by the eighth pole, three sixteenth, you have an idea of what you're going to see. Um uh, but with this one, they, he was coming up on the rail. It, it wasn't uh, even, I don't think Larry Colmas picked him up until very late. And, and you were so focused on those two and then seeing the others. And then he kind of went by him so fast, you couldn't see the saddle cloth. So you kind of had to wait. And the colors certainly were, were not like colors that you know. And until he got clear. So, yeah, no, I'll say I didn't know until he hit the wire. Um, I had a, a trifecta with uh, those two and charge it as a closer and i was hoping that was him getting into the picture but then when i look and i see 21 huh so uh i will admit to being uh i will admit to have been focusing so much on the top two that uh i really didn't see it and couldn't appreciate what he was doing uh until the very end and i think that's kind of even you know that you saw that in the call the same way because even times when a horse like rich strike makes a move you think okay he's going to get a position he'll get a minor award but i don't i really don't think anyone expected him to close with the gusto that he did that that was the key part he really kind of ran right by him no question about it bob ehalt our guest on twitter at bob ehalt the blood horse senior writer get him on uh online of course bloodhorse.com just terrific work throughout the horse racing calendar um 20 horses i mean isn't that a little much it probably is but you know it's you know, look, even with 20, I, I mean, if not for that scratch, the winner would have been number 21. So, you know, it creates a situation where there could be the room for trouble. But yet here was a horse in Rich Strike who realistically couldn't get it, was, was not supposed to be in the race. He overcame the 20 and he won. It makes it the real true challenge that it is. And look, I mean, you you might you know it from other sports. I mean, they're arguing 
the guy, uh, it was Mike Leach, who was saying, oh, this shows why we should have more, more teams in the college football playoffs after the race and stuff. You never have enough. Somebody is always left <laughs> off on, this, on the sidelines. Uh, I, I think for the Derby, uh, you know, I, I think there should be requirements maybe to get in uh, a little bit stringer. I mean, to be frank, I, I kind of would have wondered why a race like the, the Jeff Ruby, which is on a synthetic surface, which is not dirt, gets you into this race. But here was the guy who came in from the Jeff Ruby and won the race. So, um, you know, I, I just think that's part of the challenge. Hey, and but what I do think would be fair um, is I, uh, what I would like to see is something along the lines of because of the problems with the start, like with Mo Donegal getting the rail, that almost eliminated him. Mm-hmm. What I would like to see, what I think would really be good is if they go back to the system where they let people draw. You know, you do have a point system. Um, well, you know, one, the top 20 get in. Well, I kind of think if you were number one in points in the prep season, you should be able to pick your post so that you, you know, help the better horses. And then the guys who are just barely getting in, the rich strikes of the world. Yeah, I mean... He overcame post 20, which some will tell you is a lot easier than overcoming post one. Uh, so that might have been an interesting question. But uh, more so than cutting down on the number of horses, uh, I, I just think maybe uh, eliminating some of the guesswork and luck of the draw uh, so that the better horses get the better spots. I, I think that that kind of offsets the size of the field. Um, when you look at the Bob Baffert situation, um where do you land on it? You know, do you think he, what should he be allowed to do, not be allowed to do? Where should he be banned, not be banned? What, what, where do you fall on Baffert here? Well, I, you know, it, it's a difficult situation. I mean, uh, and it's a very volatile one. I mean, you know, people have a very heated emotions about it. And uh, certainly I, I do think uh, Medina Spirit should have been disqualified. There should have been penalties for Baffert. I think, you know, Bob basically said, yes, the drug was in the horse. And if the drug is in the horse, it didn't happen by accident. You know, you that's the risk you take as a trainer, that you, however it got put into the horse, be it by injection, be it by cream, it shouldn't have been in the horse. And if it's, however it stayed around in his system, that's the price you you pay as trainers. They do it all the time. So I do think the suspension was fair. The uh, disqualification of the horse was fair. Everything was like that. I, I, I got to wonder, a two-year suspension for it, does that fit the crime individually? Probably not. When you look, though, that Bob has had a number of these uh, incidents, I think every most people will tell you Bob's very sloppy. He was very sloppy in what he did with the horses. Yes, he needed to be penalized. But, you know, to say how long should it be, he got, you know, he got the three-month suspension. Is that enough? I don't know. Maybe maybe I could see a suspension that would have kept him out of this year's Derby, this year's Triple Crown. That, I think, would have been fair. To say he, it's, always, it's also going to happen next year, and now you're talking uh, Naira wants to give him a two-year ban which depending on when they decide that starts, will that keep him out of another year of Triple Crown? Uh, on that end, I don't know. I'm not sure if that, that really is the kind of penalty uh, that fits what really happened. 
because it, it, I don't I don't believe it was a, a drug that really uh, enhanced the uh, performance of the horse. How I, is I don't, I don't I think Medina Spirit was going to win the Derby whether yeah. he had the Automax or not. How is the Preakness Stakes field shaping up? Do you think? Well, it, it, as you it, as in most cases, it's coming up a little bit weak, especially this year. I mean, so many horses were just gassed from the front end of the Derby, so uh, they're not even going to think of coming back. So, you know, those horses who were battling for the lead. Uh, you know, the uh, like the Japanese horses are ready, ready to go back to Japan. Um, they're not going to come. And when you don't win the Derby, the Preakness holds less of a appeal to you, especially if you feel you have a Belmont horse, like I mentioned, Modonical. Modonical is going to skip the Preakness. He'll go to the Belmont. There's a couple others, Barber Road. He probably, you know, some of those closers who, who seem to be well suited for the mile and a half, they're going to do it. Uh, as of now, for the Preakness, uh, the only three of the twenty, the only three that you're uh, that you're looking at are, uh, I believe, uh, Epicenter, uh, Rich Strike, and Simplification. Now, the wild card is if the Philly Secret Oath comes. Now, that could change. The whole dynamic that could make it a real exciting horse race uh, to have her come into the field. So that that's gonna that's gonna be the uh, that's the wild card to all this. So uh, I would say yes, you lose most of those horses you got to know from the Derby. No, you're not going to see many of them. Uh, Chad Brown does have early voting, who's definitely going to go. Uh, he was a horse who was second in the Wood. He was held out of the he was held out of the Derby to point for the Preakness, which was proved to be quite astute because he has early speed and he would have been involved in that speed duel. So he's going to be there. Zandon was third, probably not. I, I mean, I don't think any official word has come, but uh, with Chad having early voting, Zandon might not be the only problem. Why he might go if he does would maybe be because uh, Chad doesn't see him as a Belmont horse. So if you don't run him there, if you don't run him in the Preakness, where do you run him? But Chad's not big on coming back in two weeks, as is like Todd Pletcher. Uh, but as I say, yeah, the Preakness, uh, it could go from a okay race with uh, Epicenter and, and Rich Strike going at it again to a very uh, interesting battle of the sexes if uh, Wayne Lucas decides to put uh, Secret Oath in the race. Two more quick ones for Bobby e. Hall, Blood Horse senior writer, talking some Kentucky Derby. Um, Bob, what do you think is the best part of the Derby, and what do you think is the worst part of the Derby? I, you know, I think the, the best part is just how it's a magnet for the entire industry. It's it's a day where you really get the focus, not, you know, as I say, of not just the people who own horses and love the sport and gamble on the sport, but Everybody in the country knows about it. It's the one day when you feel you're kind of on a you're on a level step with baseball or football or something because for that one day people are watching, uh, are watching, and uh, you know 
being a fan of a game and, and you actually, you know, uh, someone might actually ask you a question about horse racing, uh, like if, if you know, if you know a little something about it, most times, no, even the Breeders' Cup, the Breeders' Cup is big in the industry, but the Breeders' Cup certainly does not have the cachet of the, of the uh, Derby and the, uh, and then the Triple Crown races when the Triple Crown is in play. Um, as for the, uh, the biggest disappointment, well, <laughs> I would probably say the part is when you don't cash a ticket on it. And, you know, you put all this time and effort into handicapping it, going back and forth. I mean, I got to tell you, I went back and forth uh, with five or six different horses on top. This was such a confusing race to me. I finally went with Cyberknife, largely because of the price. Uh, I think his trainer is a real good trainer in, in Brad Cox. I thought, you know, hey, this could be this could be a nice one. Let me try him. I did consider Epicenter. I thought he might be like California Chrome, who was one of those horses who was like the best horse. And you, you know, but you, you, you wanted to try to beat him. But in the end, you realize he was just better than those other horses. Uh, and I did think he was a great bet to finish second. He was seconded by picks. And, and I kicked myself because uh, I, I do like to make a bet. A lot of people will say, oh, it's a coward's way out. But I do like if I take a derby pick, I'll. I'll bet him to win. I'll bet him in other stuff, but I'll also take a dollar exact to wheel with him. And uh, you know, if I had uh, if I had done that, picked up a setter, and or just said I'll take my second horse and and back wheel him, yeah, I could have gotten like two thousand dollars because it was like a four thousand dollar exacta. If you all you had to do is put epicenter second, who was the favorite, on top of everybody, and push that all button. And you had all those thousands waiting for you. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say to me that that's kind of the part because more years than not, you're going to probably be disappointed at your derby wagering. Final thing for you. Uh, we talk all the time, as you know, in all sports about legacy. And it's, you know, a quarterback who doesn't have a Super Bowl ring wins one and everything changes. And now his legacy is this. Brady wins two, four, five. So now it's, you know... Now it's this, you know, Eli Manning gets one, well, two is different. His brother Peyton, same type thing. Uh, That's just what we do. Legacies, it's just, it's hot cooler, you know, water cooler type of talk, barstool talk. Um, And so I bring up Steve Asmussen and I bring up Chad Brown. How important is it for those guys to win the Derby in the future? Um, You know, I, I think it's important, as you say, because you want that crowning achievement. Uh, but, but, you know, look at football, uh, Dan Marino never won, never won a title. And, and he was certainly considered one of, one of the all time great quarterbacks. Um, those guys have won other triple crown races. They've won a ton of breeders cup races. Um, I, I, I don't, I, I really don't think one derby really makes a big, would make a big difference in all that they've accomplished. You know, Steve is the all-time leader in wins. Uh, He's won so many big races. Chad Brown is, I mean, boy, Chad Brown at 43 is probably going to rewrite all the records. Mm -hmm. uh, Well, maybe not for wins because he doesn't have as big of a, as many type lesser horses as Asmussen. But, I I mean, Chad had a huge weekend. I mean, uh, I was riding, I was at Belmont covering the races and was riding probably one of the biggest surprises is that they let Chad Brown off at 10 to 1 in a stakes that he won. Little did I know what was going to happen in the Derby. But um, I I don't, uh, I I, look, those guys are, right now, Steve's in the Hall of Fame, 
Chad's going in the Hall of Fame. Um, I, I don't. I, I think in professional sports you kind of hold it, hold things to that at those those levels. But uh, certainly, I do think um, there was a lot of great trainers who, who never won the Derby. Uh, Alan Jerkins didn't win the Derby. Uh, you know, uh, things like that. You you could go over so many of them who really didn't. Uh, that I don't think it's going to change. But I would also tell you this: those guys are young relatively young compared to me, but uh, at some point they're going to win the Derby. Uh, you know, I would say Chad Brown and Steve Adams, they will. Uh, and as I say, I don't think when that happens, will there be a, you know, oh, oh now they're in a different category because I, I just don't know uh, how many more accolade made, accolades can you give them? I mean, as I say, they're Hall of Famers. They're Eclipse Award candidates every year. Uh, they, they certainly deserve praise as uh, two of the very best uh, the game has ever seen. Blood Horse senior writer Bobby Hall on Twitter at Bobby Hall. Go get his work at bloodhorse.com. Bobby, great to catch up with you again, man. Hey, the coverage was amazing. Your coverage is always incredible. Uh, look forward to more here as the horse racing season continues. Hope to see you in Saratoga and uh, appreciate a few minutes here, man. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Always a pleasure to chat with you. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by the Al and Angus Pub. Just had lunch there today. Amazing food. Home of the best darn Angus burger in town. Plus, they have wraps, salads, soups, you name it, at the Allen Angus Pub. Grab the toasted ravioli appetizer before and after all the big events in central New York. Make sure you stop by the Al and Angus Pub, allenanguspub.com for more information. And, of course, you can get them on social media, on Twitter and Facebook, and find out all the latest in terms of what they're up to uh, with new menu items and more. A tip of the cap thank you as well to the Burton uh, Ace Hardware. We love those guys. Ace is the helpful place. Make sure you stop by for all of your summer needs, including mulch, flowers, uh, grills, and a heck of a lot more. And uh, a big tip of the cap thank you as well to the Syracuse Fitness Store and Bowers & Company CPAs, as well as the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the program as well. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports, and you can, of course, find the ML Sports Platter all over the major social channels. Be on the lookout for my ML Sports takes on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram, IGTV. And hey, as I always tell you, enjoy the games. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.